Now, News Talk Radio, CJAD 800 gives you Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner. Your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. I'm co-host Dan Delmar, and your dating guru and Montreal socialista is, of course, Cheryl Besner. How's it going, Cheryl? It's going great, Dan. Love today's conversation topic. Yeah, I've uh, I've been in one of these before, at least at least once, I think. So well, we're it, talking about lat. Here. Yeah. So so lat uh, living apart together. Uh, is that the same as a long-distance relationship, or is that different? No, it's not. I mean, it can, I guess you could call a long-distance relationship a lot, but really what a lot is, it's a conscious decision that two people are making to be committed to each other, but not in the same house. It could be in the same apartment building. I happen to know of an older couple. They're actually in their 70s, and they've been doing this for 25 years. One lives on the 12th floor, and one lives on the 6th floor. Wow. And they love their relationship. You know, And th- this is going back way before you know, just living together, shacking up was uh, yeah. socially acceptable, you would say. This seems to be becoming more and more of a trend. I mean, we hear of houses that are being constructed with two separate bedrooms, right? right. This is sort of just an extension of that. Well, actually, the statistics do show that 1.9 million Canadians, and many of them over 60 are saying no to cohabitation and Mm. they're just and especially marriage you know what it's funny i said to my kids once um a couple years ago we were having a conversation i said do you realize you have more independence in this house than i do i mean you you're living in your parents house one day you get married and all of a sudden you're sharing a bedroom with somebody that you've never had to do before but your kids each have their own bedroom and their own bathrooms and i kind of laughed at it saying You know, I'm supporting your independence here where I have to share everything with somebody. Now, I happen to like that, but not everybody does. And I can definitely see the benefit um, when it comes to your relationship, how it keeps things going, you know? Yeah, no, it's a, it's an interesting trend, and uh, our guest is actually an expert on this. That's right. So she did a study. Her name is Laura Fung, PhD, an assistant professor from the University of Manitoba, and she did a study along with a partner about lat relationships. So that's living apart together is the topic. Welcome and, to the show. Hi, Laura. Thank you. Hi. So, so Laura, can you tell us a, a bit quickly uh, what is uh, an LAT by, by your definition? Yeah, well, the definition that we used is, is uh, similar to what Cheryl just mentioned in that we were particularly interested in um, romantic couples that um, had a sense of doing this more from a, a greater sense of choice, right? So uh, they viewed themselves as long-term and, and in a committed romantic relationship, um, but that they had made some kind of decision to live in separate households. And we actually did two studies, um, one of, of lot couples living in the same city, which is definitely uh, a conscious choice, and then one of the long-distance couples where you know, there was sort of a variation. Some people viewed that as a choice and some people viewed it as, as more of a circumstance. What kind of prompted you to conduct this research on the lat couples? Um, so myself and my colleague Karen Kobayashi, who's a professor at the University of Victoria, um, many, many years ago when we were teaching sociology of family classes, um, just were really interested in the phenomenon of sort of emergent family formations and um, you know, when we talk about these with our students, um, they would express surprise, uh, you know, because it sort of deviates from the expected norm uh, of of the progression of a romantic relationship. Um, and so sort of, we also, you know, knew some people in these kinds of relationships and, and found it quite sociologically interesting. So uh, decided that we would conduct um, two studies. Also, because we noticed that very little research had been done in this uh, area in Canada. I think there had been a little bit of stats can research, but that's about it. Why do you think people choose to enter into a lat relationship rather than living together? What's the main reason? 
the main reasons. So uh, we interviewed a number of couples, um, a, a large number of couples actually, um, and what they told us, I mean, obviously it, it varies, but um, many of the sort of benefits of LATS uh, overlap with sort of the motivations for doing them. And obviously one of the main one is is that, you know, protects their independence. Um, and an important thing to remember is that, um, at least among the LAT couples that we interviewed, is that many of them have already been in a previous cohabiting and or marital partnership, and so they're divorced or separated um, in some way, and they're forming a new partnership and decide then to make it a LAT relationship. Um, so in that case, many of them have had, you know, some negative past experiences, either in the relationship or with the separation, um, and they really valued the ability to have the separate households, which also helped them maintain control of their life, um, have an independent identity, um, being able to do what they want when they want, um, freedom in routines, the habits and that having your own home space being very important to some people. Um, and also that this often coincides with um, having separate finances, right? So you can make your own financial decisions without having to sort of justify a purchase to a partner. Um, that you, when you have a, a shared home, you al- al- often also have, have a shared financial um, investments. Well, how does that impact, for instance, let's say somebody like myself, I'm divorced, I have a child that lives with me. And if I were to enter into a relationship where the person actually moved in, it's almost like this stepdaddy's, you know, situation, yet if he's on his own, you know, how does that impact when he stays over at my house? Is it just the children look at it as more casual? Do they accept it as the same norm? Yeah, that's a great question in terms of the impact on the children. We don't have much data on that. We we do know that um, there were some people in our studies um, that had still had the co-resident children living at home with them from that previous partnership and that were actually in the lab because they did not want to blend um, the two families, um, even though they, they viewed their partner as sort of a long-term thing. Um, I think for, for many of those people, it was, and, and often the women, it was sort of, you know, they had younger children and they felt that introducing the new partner would, it might actually bring more chaos um, and possibly conflict to the relationship. Um, some may, may still have even been in custody dis- disputes with their previous partner and that sort of thing. Um, and it also, the lot, they felt, set, allowed them to prioritize um, their children and to uh, spend the appropriate amount of time and energy on their kids uh, as well. So they actually sort of view that as, a, as quite a positive. Um, in terms of how the children views that partner, though, we don't know have much data about sort of that outcome, which is interesting, yeah. We're speaking with Laura Funk. She's a sociology PhD and assistant professor at the University of Manitoba. She has studied LAT, uh, living apart together relationships. What about in terms of the the, uh, the, the durability? How do they stack up against uh, ordinary relationships? Um, so we don't have a lot of data from um, our particular study, although I, I believe I have heard from other research studies that particularly among the older LAT couples that they are more likely to stay together um, and it's hard to distinguish because there's different types of lots, right? And we want to sort of, our focus was on the um, sort of older couples um, living in the same city, particularly for the one study, um, that really viewed themselves as long-term and committed because I know Statistics Canada had done some work and, and they were looking at, you know, everybody over 12 years of age, which could have included, um, you know, any girlfriend, boyfriend uh, still living at home with their parents, that sort of thing. Um, so much different kind of lot at that stage that might be viewed as more transitional um, and possibly less durable, right, in the long term. But 
Well, it's interesting for me because now I'm in this situation, but when I think back to when I was a kid, my mother and father were divorced. And at that time, it seemed everybody who got divorced got remarried. I mean, it was almost like you got divorced and that was the mission. And even when I was getting separated, people said, you know, you really should find somebody and and create a relationship again. And no, it's actually the reverse. And do you think that has something to do with women being more independent and having their own separate finances? Um, possibly. Um, I think that, uh, you know, they may be less likely to want to cohabit in the, the new relationship, in this case, particularly the women. Um, it's hard to get a sense of sort of always whether the whether both uh, partners in the in the relationship were uh, equally as as keen on the lot, but definitely a lot of women had referred to negative experiences in past relationships as a motivation for um, sort of maintaining the lot now and protecting themselves as well from from risk. Um, that can be involved if there if there happened to be a, a, a separation of some kind, um, and certainly though they they really did uh, love their partners. I should emphasize that I, I think that many people in LATS are worried that they're going to be viewed as less committed or less sort of they love their partner less. Um, there were actually four couples that um, in the uh, study of the same city LATS that were actually married or engaged. So that sort of demonstrated you know the extent of that sort of commitment uh, to them as well. Laura Funk joins us, assistant professor from the University of Manitoba. She studied LAT relationships, living apart together. How will they change relationships? This is Solo in the City on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. This is Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Solo in the city, your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. I'm co-host Dan Delmar with, of course, Cheryl Besner, founder of SoloInTheCity.tv. We'll have our roundtable coming up, and Aaron Rand from CJD will be on the roundtable. So that's, that's right, uh, Aaron and uh, Phyllis Frost. She's a fitness coach. Excellent. So uh, talking about uh, living apart together, LAT relationships, and on the line we have an expert on the subject. Uh, her name is Laura Funk. She's a PhD uh, in sociology and assistant prof at the University of Manitoba. She studied uh, these living apart together relationships. Laura, is this becoming um, a phenomenon big enough to really eventually change the way that relationships work? Oh, gosh. Um I think the what we determined from existing research was that there's some uh, talk about this being sort of a, a new and emergent kind of trend, um, and it may be growing or increasing depending on certain um, sort of social trends and how, how they coincide in the future. Um, but then some other people said to us, you know, in many ways this has sort of gone on you, this may have been going on for a while for many people, but we didn't have sort of a term for it <laughs> uh, to legitimize it in the same way and identify it in the same way. Um, so it's really hard to tell, you know, is this on the increase? I think it, it may be just because we're also seeing, you know, with the changes that we've seen in divorce rates and more women in the workforce and achieving financial independence, those kinds of trends would point to this being um, something that more couples will opt for in the future. Do you think that this is something also that is playing on the younger generation? Because I do find that a lot of people that I know who have kids that are in their 20s and 30s, they're not rushing to get married and cohabitate unless they really want children. Does that play a role in LAT? 
Um, it may, especially for those sort of younger lats that, that we didn't include in the study, but that I think, um, you know, it, it's really hard to tell at that stage, you know, do they view themselves as um, in a lat that's sort of just because of circumstance, um, that maybe in the long term they do view themselves as sort of moving in, getting married, doing that sort of normal expected progression, um, or do they view themselves as sort of, no, this is just a, a new sort of lifestyle I want to have and to continue to have uh, a long-term relationship with someone but not reside with them. I think the pressure that we see, and, and indeed I experienced this myself when I was younger, was that when you're that age and you're struggling to establish yourself um, financially, um, there's a lot of financial pressure to uh, live together and to cohabit, to move in, right? Mm-hmm. And so many young adults will often, I think, move in for that reason, um, you know, as well as that they love their partner, but also it's cheaper to move in. Um, so lats will often be more common, I think, for that reason among older adults who are more financially independent um, and also among sort of people with higher incomes for that reason too. You know, it's interesting, Dan um, and Laura. What I found is this. I'm now living in my own space, so I'm not living in the family home anymore. I moved into it with my youngest son. And what's interesting is for the first time, I have time where it's just mine. I walk around, and I've also started dating somebody, and I'm having a hard time even now. And I love relationships. I love doting on somebody and mumming somebody and and pampering people. I have a hard time now thinking of somebody living in my space or in a space we would choose together all the time where it's constantly another person in your environment, yeah. in your energy field. Yeah, and, and certainly couples did uh, mention that to us. In fact, for some of the, the lot couples, that idea that um, we don't want to risk what we have because we're happy right now and we know that cohabiting, moving in together can actually generate stresses on the relationship um, that we'd like to avoid. And those can be those things of sharing your space and, and, you know, putting up with your partner's sort of annoying daily habits or difficult personalities or just even um, quite minor things like, you know, who has control of the TV remote or um, if one person wants to stay up reading at night and keeps the light on, just silly little things like that, but which, in fact, overall, you know, people talked about can sort of be those daily kinds of things which can generate a stress. Um, and for many of the women, it was uh, related to the, uh, you know, not wanting to nag their partner uh, to clean up after themselves, right? Instead, having your own space and, and having to avoid those kinds of conflicts. Well, it's funny because coming up um, on the next segment at the roundtable, we have Aaron Rand, and I happen to be at an event with his partner, Val, and I asked her, I said, why? Why the lat relationship? And she said exactly that. I want to keep it alive and loving, and I don't want to have to clean up after anybody else. So you're 100% right. Now, let me ask you something. When I talk to matchmakers, they talk about the fact that the easiest demographics to make people kind of fall into relationships, not make them, but where they want to find relationships and commit, is the 70 and up, because now things are slowing down. They don't get out as easily, especially 75 to 80s. Do you think that is something that the lat as they age, will start to cohabitate and decide to move in so that they have that constant companionship and don't have to venture out for it? Um, Okay, so I think if I understand what you're saying correctly, um, you're asking about older adults in LATS. um, As they age, as they age, do you think that they might decide to cohabitate to facilitate being together? Because it won't be as easy to get around. Yeah, okay, so for caregiving reasons, and that actually has, has come up in the, uh, in the research, some of the research that we've read as a concern is that, you know, given that we know that 
family caregiving and spousal caregiving is, is often an issue and people need someone to support them in, in many cases um, in their old age. And many of the couples we did talk to had been in these LAT relationships for quite a long time. Some of them were starting to get to the point where they were a little bit worried about needing more care and support or their partner needing more care and support in the future and what might happen. Um, so for that reason, some of them may choose to actually uh, uh, co-reside or to, to sort of change their lifestyle and move in. Um, it's, it's sort of hard to say. I think people are in these relationships are also at the same time very reluctant to want to rely on or be relied on um, by someone else, mm-hmm. um, even for things like care, yet at the same time they, they love their partner and they want to help. And so I think if something were to happen, they would respond to that need, obviously. There is, you know, the love that you have for your partner, um, and so many couples would say, well, we'll just deal with that when the time comes, right, if, if the need arises. Laura Funk joins us, sociology PhD and assistant professor at the University of Manitoba, talking about LAT relationships, living apart together. So taking care of one another uh, has come up uh, in the last couple of, uh, of questions here, and also when it comes to you know, cleaning up after other people. Uh, <laughs> so which, which, which begs the question, Laura, is this uh, idea more popular among women or among men, or is there no, no gender difference whatsoever? So it was it was sort of hard to tell from our study. We had a small sample, um, and it's really hard when you interview both both partners in a couple and ask them, you know, how, you know, do you think this is, you know, why are you doing this, and 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 so on. And and I think a male partner might be more reluctant to admit it if he. Um, maybe was less keen on the arrangement and it might have been the woman that so we, we had a sense that it may have been some of the women that have been pushing for this type of arrangement um but it's it's sort of hard to be conclusive about that with our our particular sample well i can um, tell you that when i talk to different people because this is something that has come up a lot when i'm in so, so like social arenas and everything and i'm saying what are you looking for and it's a lot of the women who are saying i want a relationship I want to be committed to somebody. I don't want to have to clean up after somebody ever again. And a lot of men will say, I want to come home at the end of the day to a woman. I would like dinner on the table. And I'd like to be able to cuddle up on a TV and watch TV, you know, cuddle up on a couch and watch TV together. So I think that it does happen to be a lot of the women driving it. And there might be reasons for it because in general, the women are the caregivers. Sorry, yeah. Don, you're looking at me like... No, I, and, and I, men leave their clothes around the house. I mean, maybe and toilet we're, we're, seats the sloppier, up. we're the sloppier you, genders. You know, you so, leave yeah. the toilet seats up, right? I don't. That's a, you don't? No, I'm a good boy. Okay, ladies, he's single and he closes <laughs> the top of the toilet seat. We have a winner here. <laughs> so, Laura, you see, you see no, no huge gender, gender disparity here. Yeah, I, th- I think that that may be motivating uh, certainly some of this because, um, you know, the sort of gendered inequities um, in household labor, in, in raising children. Um, and women in our study did talk about having that luxury of finally being able to live alone without those daily responsibilities for care for either the young children or, or for a spouse, right, as in the past. So they sort of said, now finally I have my freedom. And so I want to maintain that through this lot. We used to joke when I, when I was married with some of my married girlfriends, we'd sit around with our husbands in the country, and we would say, you know what, let's get one house, we'll raise the kids in it, and then we'll have another place where we go and have fun with our husbands, and they can come visit and everything, but we'll take two women to raise the two families, and the guys can live somewhere else in the meantime. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. I, the guys might be into that too. <laughs> oh, you know what, though, in all kidding aside, I think that men do step up to the plate and they do take care of things, including lowering the toilet seat. Yeah, yeah well, there's some right? good ones out there. Yeah, saying. there are. And um, 
Uh, you just have to find them sometimes. Well, Laura, Laura Funk, sociology PhD and assistant professor at the University of Manitoba. Uh, she studied LAT relationships. Uh, very interesting conversation. Thank you, Laura. Thanks. Well, thank you for having, uh, taking the time out of your day to come talk with us and sharing all this great information. And any of you out there wanting to learn more about LAT, go to our website and uh, we'll be able to fill you in. Yeah, and we'll, the city, TV. Uh, and we'll talk to a couple of people who, uh, who have some personal experience in uh, living apart together relationships. We'll have uh, Phyllis Frost, fitness coach, uh, 30 years in the industry, and uh, she'll talk about what it's like to be in one of these couples, and, uh, and Aaron Rand as well, CJAD's own. Uh, Aaron Rand will join us in a few minutes. This is Solo in the City on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Yes, I'll be a woman. Yes, I'll be a baby. Yes, I'll be whatever that you tell me when you're ready. Yes, I'll be a girl, forever your lady. Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Some people want me to be head so tell. Your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. I'm co-host Dan Delmar with, of course, Cheryl Besner, founder of TV, And we're talking all about LATs, living apart together, and uh, this kind of new form of relationship, Cheryl. Actually, well, according to Laura, it's not that new. And according to what I've studied and some of the people I've talked to, there are people who have been doing this for a very long time. We just didn't necessarily have a term for it. So maybe coming back into style or getting a bit more popular? I think it's just the way of the times right now and Mm. that people do have very different lives and very busy lives and they want to be in a committed relationship but don't necessarily want to be, as some say, joined at the hip 24-7. All right, let's get to our roundtable, shall we? Phyllis Frost from Fit Bodies by Phil is here. Hello, Phyllis. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm great, thanks. We have CJD's Aaron Rand here in studio. How's it going, Aaron? Good, good. How are you? Excellent. And uh, and we'll have a surprise guest in just a moment for Aaron. Yes, That's we will. In. Yes, we will. We, you know what, Aaron? It's interesting. I, the reason I wanted you here is because you happen to be living within a relationship that's considered an LAT. Did you know that there was a label for you? By uh, not that? until you sent me the note saying it's called LAT. Yeah, so it's, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of like when, you know, when you're a kid, you're ADD. Now we're like LAT. We can't get away from labels. I don't know what's going on out there. But... I think it needs a better acronym, but I'll work on one. Hopefully by the end of the show, I may have something. Okay. Yeah. Um, so tell us, how is it that it came about with you? In my particular case, um, the woman that I'm dating now, I've been dating, we just celebrated our sixth anniversary. So, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I, I've known her since she's 17 or 18 years old. So with respect to you know background, uh, this is someone I've known pretty much my entire adult life. Uh, we were always sort of friends. We had kids, families. She got divorced. I got divorced. And just one night we went out to dinner. Uh, and I guess it must have been a really good dinner because we've been together basically ever since. And it's interesting because in the past, I've had other relationships and uh, I've always, I think it's probably because I'm lazy. Uh, I've always <laughs> thought it would be easier to live with someone than to not live with someone because of course it cuts down on the driving. But in this particular case, um, my girlfriend, Valerie, just said, you know what, hey, uh-uh, spend some time on your own, be by yourself and uh, we'll do what we'll do. And if it works out great and if it doesn't, we're still friends. And it just, it's worked out and we, we've been going out, as I said, for six years. So for me, it's perfect. Now, before this relationship, were you in another relationship where you did move in together? Yeah. And Yeah, just work. once or twice, three times. Okay, <laughs> yeah. no, we can and, stop counting. And we can stop counting. And they <laughs> didn't work out, and I'm being serious. Uh, right. And that was because uh, of me. It's that old phenomenon of, uh, you know, you think you know somebody until you share space with somebody, and you discover all sorts of things. You're like, wow, I didn't know that. I don't think that's going to work for me. So, And it never did up until now, and now it's working out as well as I could have imagined it would. Now, Phyllis, you are divorced, correct? 
Correct. Now, is this something that would please you? Like, do you see yourself wanting to be in a relationship more where you're going to cohabitate or get married? Or would you see yourself ever living apart together? Um, not, not, uh, not forever. I could see it for a time. Um, right now I'm kind of in that situation and it's, it's really wonderful. Um, but I think that I'm the type of person that over time I, I, I like to have my partner around. I don't feel like it's just get a 24 seven and it's like, Oh my God, a ball and chain drag. I don't feel that way. I don't, uh, that's, that's not really my experience. So I like to, I guess I'm a little bit more traditional in that sense. But at the same time, I think it's about time in life. Like right now, you know, I'm in a relationship and we are kind of, we're together all the time. And we, he has his place, I have my place, and it's great. It's really great. Dan, I can't tell you that that'll be good for me in, in two, three years from now. I can tell what, you right now, that's awesome. What about you, Dan? Do you see yourself wanting to be in a cohabitational relationship? Um, if uh, Assuming I find the right person, yeah, I think so. I, I would probably go the traditional route. Although, l like Phyllis said, I think uh, uh, LIT is a great short-term solution. And maybe even, Phyllis, would you say a good transition to make sure Absolutely. you get to know someone before you make that plunge? Absolutely. Because, you know, if you're just, if you don't live with someone, you know, like Karen said, you know, you know, when you, I got married, you know, very, very young. So you don't know anything. You meet someone, it's like, whoa. You know, it's, it's kind of culture shock. So I think it's good to, especially many of us at this stage of life, we're coming, coming out of previous relationships, right, divorces. So I think it's really time, important to have some autonomy and at the same time, you know, spend as much time together as you both want. It's what works for each couple. Well, we do have a surprise guest on the line, and this is for Aaron, and we're going to welcome Aaron's partner. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> Val, welcome to the show. Hi. Big trouble, Aaron. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say anything bad, Val. It was good, I think. <laughs> Nothing. Behaving. Yeah. And, and he actually accredited with you with the position of really wanting to maintain this living apart together relationship. Is that true? Well, it was more of my insistence on that. Right. I, uh, I don't know if it has anything to do with the fact that when I was 19, I met my, my ex-husband and immediately went from my parents' house into his house. So I never really got that uh, experience of living on my own. And after, you know, being with somebody for 20 years, raising three kids, always being, uh, you know, available to everybody else but yourself, that all of a sudden now my kids are grown, they're out of the house, they're living on their own. And to have this space to myself is... It's such a, a a special thing to have, I guess, at my age and, and with what, what I've gone through, that I treasure that. And, you know, it's almost like having that security of knowing, you know, if something goes wrong, you have your own space. You'll never have that threat over your head of, oh, my God, where am I going to live? And I have to go through this, and I have to lose this, and I have to, you know, just the, the upheaval that, that it creates in your life. You don't have that worry on your head anymore. And, right. and I think... Maybe the, the reason it's worked for us, because from the get-go, it was like, yeah, if we last a year, we'll be lucky. <laughs> it's true. Six years later. It's true. And Val had originally wonder. said, you know what, I'm going to put a one-year moratorium on this. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> and every year beyond that, we've extended it another year. It's now six years later. So I guess it's working. Well, Obviously. We do the contract on a yearly basis. Yeah. That's true. Val, um, when does he get taken off probation? He, he doesn't. <laughs> and I knew that's you were going to say that. Yeah. I knew you were going to say that. That's, Val, that's what would... the bottom line. You know, it's not like it's been a year or two. It's six years, and it's still working. And when there's days when I, I don't see him for, for two, maybe three days, doesn't doesn't happen a lot. But at the end of those three days, when I know I'm going to see him that on that third evening, it's like I, I get like that, you know, when you first start dating a guy, and it's like you can't wait to see him. And I get that feeling, and that's six years later. So I think that's 
says a lot right there that you want to keep that freshness. That's what happens with a with a uh, you know relationship. The fun is, is in the beginning when you you know everything's kind of new and, and and it's like you're looking forward to seeing him. I think you kind of lose that when you're there and it's every night you know he's going to be in your face and you got to pick up after him and you got to cook for him and you got to clean for him and you, which is something that just kind of happens. Yeah, I and agree. By being apart, you 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 maintain that kind of freshness. You know, that's, I, that's an interesting point because absent, they say absence makes the heart yeah. grow fonder, right? Yeah. So does that is that sort of a benefit? I, I think it absolutely does in this kind of a relationship. And I think she's 100% right. I feel the same way. It's like you don't see each other for two, three days. When you do see each other, the first reaction from both of you is, you know what, I miss you. Hmm. I miss not having seen you for two or three, not two or three weeks, just two or three days. And I should just tell you, in the case of, of my girlfriend, in the case of Val, she's a clean freak. And I'm, how would you describe it? Not. <laughs> she <laughs> so actually she told me that. she would lose her mind if, she, if we lived together uh, based on how I live now. And I'd have to make a whole bunch of changes, including not walking around the house naked most of the time. So uh, there are some, you know, some trade-offs. And we're not ready to make those yet. So, But Val did say last night at dinner, Val, when do you plan for us to get married? When would you consider it? What year? <laughs> Tell us. Twenty thirty five. Twenty thirty five. Okay, so we're gonna so mark that in the calendar. And by crossed, the way, yeah. I used to I used to do events, so I'm doing the wedding, okay? Okay, fair enough. All right. Oh, so Lone the City, Cheryl Besner, I'm doing, doing the wedding. Terrible. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I am dating somebody now and there are times where I think about living with somebody and there a night will come up and I'll just say to him, You know what? I need to go home and I need to be alone tonight. And you lose that I guess when you are when you don't have that opportunity. You don't have that no, I agree. that option. So uh, Phyllis, what do you think about uh, the, the whole absence making the heart grow fonder thing? Uh, do, do you think that's a, that's a side benefit of your arrangement? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, when you don't see each other for a couple of days, it's definitely there. But I think, again, it depends on the relationship. You know, I just think it depends. Like, you know, I'm in a relationship now. Like, we're always excited to see each other. Yes, it's new, whatever. But you can kind of see the type of people, the person someone is. And I think what happens in relationships, and I agree, Aaron, like people get complacent, you know, it's like I've been in previous relationships where, you know, they got me and now, okay, great. Now, you know, so where's the attention? Where's all that courting stuff? You know, and it kind of does keep it more exciting and alive all the time. So, yeah, I I see that side of it. Absolutely. I I will say this. I don't think it's only about the relationship. I think it's about the two individuals. And if you have two very independent people, that's when I think LAT is great. Guys, great roundtable today. Uh, thanks very much to uh, to Phyllis. Uh, Fit Bodies by Phil, P-H-Y-L.com is the website. Phyllis, thank you very much. Uh, thanks to Aaron Rand, of course. Uh, you can follow Aaron on Twitter at Aaron Rand. And to Val on the line, too. Thanks very much for uh, putting Aaron on the spot, Val. <laughs> no problem. Hey, Val. Yeah, hon. I love you. And Val, he Aww. came in with his shoelaces undone, so he might need somebody to take care of him a little bit more daily. <laughs> the Kiss Calendar is next, plus Love Beats on the Street. This is Solo in the City on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Give it to me, I'm worth it. Baby, I'm worth it. You're listening to Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Solo in the city, your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. And uh, Cheryl, time for the Kiss Calendar, all the events uh, that we need to know about uh, coming up this week, and uh, of course, a busy summer, another uh, another ton of ton of 
activities this week. And now it's about the Festival of Love because all the festivals are either stopping or starting. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's a great place to get out, have activities, and participate in things that are going on in our city. And you can meet a lot of people at some of these events. I do want to say that the festivities for the International Jazz Festival finishes on Sunday night. So you can go out there and enjoy all kinds of shows. Adam Karsh is performing, Pacific Shore, Olivier Babaz, and Southern Hospitality. And that's just to name a few. On Tuesday night, the Cedars Cancer Foundation is holding a golf classic fundraiser. It's taking place at Elm Elmridge. Do you play golf? I don't. Well, mini putt. Does that count? No. 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 Okay. It doesn't. I'm actually going to learn to play golf. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. I go to the driving range once in a while, but uh, this is this is a big one for people in the golf community. Everyone seems to be excited about this. Yes, and it's raising money for the MUHC, so it's a great event, and they do a fantastic job every year. Now, Wednesday night, that's the start of the Just for Laughs Festival, mm -hmm. and it's kicking off at Club Soda with the Ethnic Show, and it's hosted by Alonzo Bowden. Now, Jazz Festival this year, everybody. I've got some news for you. Solo in the City is going to be hosting a Sanka set July 21st, we're going to be introducing two of the performers that night. The comedians are coming out with us. They're going to do some speed dating on site, and we're going to be hosting a great cocktail in the Quartier de Spectacle. So this is a great opportunity for all the solos in the city to unite and meet us out there. Dan and I will be there also doing our show that night. Yeah, it should be a good time. I, I love the festival, and uh, it's my I, I always sort of uh, book off the rest of the month because I'm busy... Uh getting up and getting out and getting social all, all July long, basically. And getting full of laughter. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. It's going to be a really great night, so put that into your calendar. We're going to be having, actually, in the next couple of weeks, different guests appearing on our panel to talk about how important laughter is to a relationship. And I know for me, that's a big end. If you ask most women what's important to you and what are you looking for in a man, they say, somebody who makes me laugh. Mm -hmm. So good place to go. Thursday night, Montreal Adventures, an active meetup group, is hosting a Sanka set at the Terrace Bon Secours. That's a gorgeous environment. It's very Miami style. If you haven't been there, fantastic place to meet new people, socialize, and just enjoy the moment. Friday night, at the Wiggle Room on Saint Laurent at 11 p.m., Zoo Fest is starting off, and Something Wicked This Way Comes is the cabaret that night. Great show. And again, Zoo Fest is something, one of these festivals that is happening all the way from July 9th to August the 1st. Do you, do yeah. you know anything about that, by Absolutely. the way? Absolutely, yeah. I, I went to, the, to the first Zoo Fest, really, when they created the festival. Uh, it's a bilingual festival, a lot of uh, fringe kind of acts, uh, a lot of bilingual acts, yeah, uh, one-person shows. It's a great way to discover new talent. Yeah, they have great talent. There's comedians, musicians, uh, different storytellings, all kinds of magic acts. I mean, it goes on and on. So Zoo Fest is definitely something to check out. All month long. All right. Uh, Going to be a fun month. Uh, let's now head over to Jess Solomon, com our comedian uh, on the Love Beats on the Street, and she went out onto the street to talk about living apart together. That's right. And here's what people had to say, whether it would work for them or not, living apart together. Jess Solomon here with Solomon City CJAD. We're here with Vicky. Vicky. Okay, Vicky. We're talking about long-term relationships living together. I've never lived with a boyfriend before. Oh, you haven't? Mm -hmm. All right. So let's say you were to be in a long-term relationship. I am. I am. Term. Currently in a long-term relationship, and we plan on moving in together uh, this January. How long has it been? <laughs> it's been eight months right now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But we're older, okay. uh, so I think we're, yeah. Ready to make yeah. that move? Yeah. My boyfriend and I, we're, we're opposites. Okay. So I know, I think there will be a lot of headbutting. 
we lived together for a month and then broke up sort of she moved into my place and then a month later uh we decided it wasn't really happening do you think it was living together i think there were issues that we weren't addressing until she moved in that became that were unavoidable at that point good friend of mine his father's been married for several years and him and his wife both live in different houses Rosa works for some people. And when you uh, when you were in a long term relationship and you guys lived together, did it make you uh, did it improve the relationship? Make you love each other more? I think you know what? Who doesn't like sleeping beside somebody every night? I think it's I think it's nice. It's nice to be able to to touch someone, to feel someone next to you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think that improves the relationship. So living apart together, uh, we've 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 heard a lot of opinions. What do you think, Cheryl? Good idea. Is this the future? You know what? I think it might be, and I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But mm. I I do feel that people are very much wanting to be independent yet be together, and and I do find that it is a hard balance, and especially like Laura was saying, her study is done very much in an older demographic, and I think the fact that we come from long relationships and we're divorced. A lot of people leave saying, I have to do me now, like it's my time. And, and that's something I hear a lot from people. And I don't think that it's a me time. I think it's something that I want to explore who I am and live my life my way. But I do want to share it with somebody. And I don't know whether that means living with that person or not. But I can see the benefit of it. And I, I think it would probably be a little different for you, no, Dan? I mean, if well, you have kids? I guess in a sense, all of my relationships have been LIT relationships because I'm only, I'm only 31. So in my 20s, everyone sort of has their own thing. A lot of women I dated were still living with their parents, for example, or living having roommates maybe. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's as, But that's different. I mean, yeah. what you're talking about is different because that's you dating to possibly have a future with somebody mm -hmm. rather than two people making a conscious decision. You live there. I live here. But yeah. we spend most of our time together. We travel together. We do dinners together. And, and I can see that being something that people really do enjoy. I don't know. I'd like to think uh, when, if I find the one, that I'd want to be around her often enough to have her in my home. That, I, I'd like to think that, but maybe that's not the case. Maybe we're all maybe a bit too selfish for the for to live uh, to live together these days. I don't know. No, I don't know if it's selfish, but I can understand. Your Independent. Point. Independent is the word <laughs> I'm going go. for. Thanks, Cheryl. Coming up next week, uh, kind of a related issue: those who sort of go the opposite uh, end of the spectrum. Single, but not dating. But that is more somebody who just right now is focusing on who they are and doesn't even want to, you know, enter into a relationship thing where they have a responsibility to somebody else for whatever reason they choose. All right. Uh, so that's coming up next week on Solo in the City uh, here Saturday nights at 10 p.m. on News Talk Radio CJAD 800. Cheryl, have a great week. You too, Dan. And I'm Cheryl Besner, flying solo with you. And for more information on today's events and more, go to solointhecity.tv. Check out our dating app as well. And don't forget to kiss. Keep it simply social. See you next week.